0: So, this morning, (laughs) I get the special privilege of um, doubling up, so I get to lead worship for you guys, and I also get to speak this morning, Um, but before I get started, um, I just want to, um, yeah, I just want to extend my deepest (laughs) gratitude for each and every one of you, um, You know, without this body, without this family, I certainly would not be the woman that I am. And um, you have challenged me to love deeper, to love harder, um, to go after the Lord with um, fervency and with passion and with power. You have. so generously sown into my life, not just financially, but um, emotionally and spiritually, you've covered me in your prayer, and uh, you've really just walked alongside me in this last season of my life. Um, so I just want to thank you guys. Um, and so, without further ado, um, I get to um, talk to you guys today about Matthew six chapter, or Matthew chapter six verses twenty-five through thirty-four. Um, so, if you have your Bibles, you can open it um, to there. If not, it'll be up here on the screen. Um, but it says, "Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear." Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, I find it very funny that this is the topic that we happened to land on for my last Sunday, because I kind of feel like it's my life verse. Um, And um, I have a question for you guys How many of you have siblings? Okay. Almost everybody. (laughs) Yes. So I have the great honor and privilege of being the oldest sibling in my family. And, you know, with that comes responsibilities and, you know, whatever. That's the general um, stereotypical stuff. But um, one thing that I noticed as, even as a little girl, um, from the time my siblings were born is that I worried more than pretty much anything else in my life more than I would eat, more than I would drink, I would worry, and it was worry for myself, but even more so, it was worry for my siblings and um, my life was just like driven by worry and what could happen and um, Oh no, like, you know, I'm not able to provide or care for my siblings in this capacity or whatever. And so it seemed that basically the more important something was in my life, the more I should be worried about it. But the funny thing is that as I have grown up, I've realized that it's actually the exact opposite. And so um, at some point, I realized that I was actually exalting my ability to control my life above Jesus. <laughs> and in the kingdom of God, things are upside down all the time, and it's a kingdom where you lose your life to find it, and you repay persecution with kindness, and the last is first. Um, I think that what I have discovered about the kingdom of God is that things are so much better when we do it his way. <laughs> and you know, when we we wrestle and we eventually, hopefully, let the Lord win, I, it's just so much better, and I've realized, like, over and over and over again, it's it's basically the opposite. You would think that you'd need to hold tightly to the things that are important to you, and that you need to grab hold of it so it doesn't slip away from your fingers, but... I realize that when we hold worry in our hands and in our hearts, um, there's no room for his provision and for his glory to be manifested in our lives, for his goodness to be manifested. And so the moment that we open our palms (laughs) and um, choose to surrender, it's, it's this crazy, crazy exchange where the more I surrender, the more I open up, the better I'm taken care of. (laughs) The more I surrender, the more freedom that I have to run after the things that matter. The more I surrender, the more I am saying with my heart, Father, I trust that you know what I need. And so I think that the moment um, we begin to lose sight of The one that we're doing this all for, the one that feeds us in favor of the food, the moment that we're seeking after the provision rather than the the provider, I think that we forsake seeking his kingdom um, just for what we can gain, or even for how we can control, how we can say, you know, God, like, I've got this. This is on me. This is on my shoulders. I don't want you to have it because you know, either I'm not worthy or because I have to do it. I have to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I have to do it. I have to be strong. Um, and so going into this next season of my life, um, as the prospect of um, going to Iqbala Hawaii um, became more serious and, um, you know, just more well-defined, I had every single temptation to worry about literally every aspect of my life. I didn't know how the finances were going to come in. I had. I didn't really want to leave my family, and I certainly didn't want to leave my church here, especially when I feel like we're just beginning to establish a rhythm, when we're just beginning to come together and really go after the Lord. And the same with Iqbalo Music or with Iqbalo Pasadena. Um, so I said... You know, God, like, what about all these things? What about all of these, like, babies, in a sense, that, you know, these are my babies. Like, my family is my baby. My church is my baby. My ministry is my baby. And I don't know what to do. Um, I think that when I was younger, my knee-jerk reaction um, when I worry is to do for better or for worse, I just like to do things. (laughs) So I try to fix things, I try to heal things, I try to counsel things, I try to make things better, make things okay. Um, And I realized that the more tightly I hold on to each of these things, whether it's money or family or church or ministry or or whatever it is, um, the more it slips through my fingers. Um, But... Again, when we hold all of these things loosely and we allow the Lord to take what's wrong, what is bad, and replace it with things that are good, to mold and shape the product that's in our hands, I got to sit back um, and let the Lord have his full glory and to let my Father take care of me and my needs. I think that one of the greatest revelations of my life is that the Father really likes to take care of us. And it's not um, this thing where if we worship hard enough, he's good to us. It's not if we can preach loud enough that he's good to us. It's not if I can do this amount of ministry and reach this goal, um, God will be good to me or God will provide for me or... um, you know, it's this this opposite thing because when we worry, striving happens, and I think that actually in our striving we actually rob from the Lord the opportunity to take care of us you know, we say that like we say that um, this is on me, God, like I can do it I can do it, you've made me strong so I can do it, and there are sometimes lies that filter in that, you know Like, because ministry is a good thing, and because family is a good thing, finances are a good thing, you know? Um, There are lies that say that those things, or my ability to attain those things, is better than what you can provide for me, God, and um, I realized that... Um, just as things are opposite in the kingdom, the best way to hold on to the things that are important to me is to let go. (laughs) And so in saying yes to Iqbala Hawaii, I said no to a whole lot of different things. Um, And then I watched. I just got to sit back And watch as the Lord provided every cent for my rent and tuition. As he awakened my siblings' hearts to his healing and to his love. As he provided worship leaders to usher in his presence after I'm gone. And as he faithfully held my heart in the balance throughout it all. And so I just got to watch my father take care of my every need. The moment that I let go, I just got to let him take care of me. And he's so precious. like He's such a good father. He loves you guys so, so much. There isn't anything he wouldn't do for you. You know, this verse just like wrecks my heart every time because you look at the birds and you see how well taken care of they are and you are worth so much more than a bird. You know, just a little sparrow. Um, And there's nothing... Nothing that you could do in your own power, there's no amount of striving, there's no amount of doing that you could ever attain to attain his goodness. It's just his nature. It's just his character. He's just good. He's just a good father. And the moment that, you know, we choose intimacy over doing, the moment that we choose to rest and say, God, I love you. And because I know you, What I know of you because I love you is that you are good and that you are kind. And so I don't love you for what you can provide for me. I don't love you for what I can gain from you. God, I love you because you're good. You're a good father, and I love to be taken care of by you. I love to be your child. I love to be your son. I love to be your daughter. It is one of the greatest joys of my life. And the moment that I begin to strive, the moment that I begin to worry, I rob the Lord of the opportunity to call me his daughter. So I think that, you know, I used to read this verse, um, verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And I really genuinely looked at it as a transaction. You know, it's like, God, I will give you this and you will give me this, and that's just how it works. I'm paying you for what I can get, um, and I realized that I lost sight of the entire point. And I think that that these things aren't necessarily bad, you know. In fact, they're good. Like I was saying, like ministry is good. And food is good. You need food. <laughs> you need water. These things are good things. They're necessary things. Um, but the point, I think, in choosing not to worry about these things is we want to make room and make space for God. And we replace it with all these things and with a culture of busyness that just does and does and does and does and achieves and achieves and achieves at maximum efficiency, at maximum power. And I think that what the Lord is calling us to is to be still. And it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life because I know how to do really well. I, you know, (laughs) I'm the oldest. Like, I always do things. I always am the one who drives the kids to school. Like, I'm always the one who wanted to, like, get on top of the the extra credit assignment. I'm always the one who, you know, was the good girl. I am the good girl. Like, but I realized that nothing, nothing that I was doing was, you know, earning me a higher place in the Lord's um, throne room, you know. There's nothing that I could do to, you know, attain any sort of, like, level or, like, accolade or award or achievement. I just want to be his daughter. <laughs> I just want to be, yeah, I just want to be his child. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we aren't satisfied with that. Um, and I think that sometimes it's rooted in a place of selfishness, at least for me. Um, Because I want to be the one to heal my family. I want to be the one to save the unsaved. I want to be the one to restore churches. I want to be the one to lead worship. I want to be the one to preach. I want to be the one. But it's not about that at all. And I think that the moment, the moment, there's a moment where we realize that we are children, (laughs) and we do get to partner with the Lord, Um, But, you know, the Lord gets no glory if we're the ones doing everything. He gets no glory, you know, in me saying, God, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. I did this and this and this and this and this and this. And he said, what did you let me do? (laughs) I think that, You know, there is something beautiful about our partnership with the Lord. It's this give and take, and we get to push and pull each other in this beautiful relationship throughout the course of our lives unto eternity, and we get to come together, and the Lord gets to use us. He loves to use us, Um, but there is something so sweet and so full of fire and fragrance about surrendering any chance for personal glory in favor of saying this was all my father this was all god and so you know there are there are moments moments where we can choose to surrender our will and our way and our worry and the good thing is like when we worry <laughs> the Lord already knows and he's so good that he won't intervene. He allows us to make the choice. He, you know, he won't say, you know, stop worrying, stop worrying, stop worrying, stop worrying until you get it. He'll wait for you to stop. <laughs> He'll wait for you. And so he's just waiting for you to just let go of that thing that you're holding on to so tightly. You know. Your marital problems, your family, your kids that are suffering, the people at work that are suffering, the you know there's just so many things that we can hold on to the job, the ministry, the money, these things that we hold on to with closed fists and we watch slip through our fingers. but I think that the Lord is awakening in the church. The power of stillness and surrender. And I think that the moment that we choose surrender is the moment that He receives the fullness of His glory and that His kingdom here on earth is complete. Um, Every moment, every time that we choose to surrender instead of worry, every time that we choose to love the provider and not the provision or even how we can acquire the provision. And so we choose, I think, to seek his kingdom, to seek his righteousness, by adopting a posture of humility and of trust with open palms. And we get to say, God, I trust you more than my ability to make it happen. I love you more than what you can provide for me. And you are good and you are kind and that's enough. It's in his nature that he's good. It's in his character that he's kind. It's this beautiful, beautiful like accumulation of all the traits that make up a perfect parent. That's our Father. That's our Heavenly Father. And um, I think that the moment we begin to um, trust in our abilities more, to trust in other people or in other circumstances or in a church, in a worship leader, in a pastor, the moment we begin to trust in those things is the moment we, be- we actually begin to worship them instead of God. And, you know, it was my prayer as I um, began to look ahead to this season, this new season of transition. I was like, God, I pray that My family learns to lean on you and never on me. I pray that my church learns to lean on you and not me, not on Pastor Dave, not on Pastor Mako, not anyone except you, Jesus. My prayer is that I would learn to lean on you, God, And not on my ministry, not what I can do, not how I can provide, not how I can save the unsaved, not how I can be a missionary, not on any of those things. But God, let me learn how to lean on you, my beloved Jesus. Let me learn how to lean on you. And the Father is so kind and so gentle. He's fierce, but he's gentle. Um... And I think that it's the most beautiful thing that we get to walk into new seasons like this, into places we've never been before with people we've never met, and we get to lean on the Lord and trust that the safety of His arms, that the safety of His, um, yeah, just security and warmth and who He is his presence, like we get to walk in that covering, under that covering, and we get to choose surrender. We get it. We get the choice. And I love that it's a choice because it means so much more, I think. I love that we get to choose the Lord. I love that we get to choose um, to love him harder, to love him deeper. I love that we get to walk alongside each other as a body And call each other higher, that we get to um, comfort each other and that we get to edify each other and encourage each other in these journeys. Um, And, you know, as I have reflected back on my time here at Mission Valley, I just am unraveled by God's faithfulness. And, you know, every moment of encouragement and every moment of, um, yeah, just that moment of coming alongside me and just believing for my dreams, believing for what the Lord calls over my life and over this church, um, is so unbelievably precious to me. And I will never forget the way the Lord has stewarded, um, this church and how he has used each one of you, um. Yeah, just to to provide um, exactly what I need. And he knows what you need, you guys. He knows exactly what you need. Um, So I'm going to pray for us this morning. Um, But yeah, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture the Father. Whatever he looks like to you. I just want you to picture him and I want you to listen for what he says to you. I want you to watch what he does. Yeah, Father, we long to hear your voice. Jesus, we love you. God, we say that you are far more able than anything we could do in our own power to accomplish or to achieve. Father, we just love you. God, I thank you for your provision. And Lord, we just say that we choose surrender. We choose to let go of the things we are holding on to so tightly. Whatever it is, we just let it go. We let it go, and we let your love come in and fill the void. Jesus, you are worthy of all adoration. God, all worship and praise. And Lord, we just say that we love you. God, not what you can do for us, not what you can provide for us, but God, we love you. So Lord, we loosen our grip. God, would you receive the fullness of your glory? Would you receive the fullness of your kingdom here on earth, God? Father, we choose to lean on you, God. Not on our leaders, God. Not on our parents. Not on our siblings. Not on our, our abilities. Lord, we choose to lean on you. Father, it's so much better your way, God. It's so much better your way. So Lord, um, we love you, Jesus. And we just thank you for who you are, God. Not what you can do for us, but who you are. We thank you for your goodness and for your kindness, God. In Jesus' precious name, amen.